Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. We are back with our last episode of The Marvelous Miss Marvel. Hello, Caleb. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hi. And welcome back uh, after um, missing out on the last episode. So uh, it's good to have you back to get your thoughts on Miss Marvel. Uh, so let's start now. Well, let's. I was thinking since this is the last episode, the finale, I'd like to hear your general thoughts, saluting on um, the episode itself, and then let's hear your thoughts on the the series in general. So, Caleb, you want to go first? It is a a, a new hill I'm on, mm. and it's Disney needs to move more within the episodes, and not just leave it for the finale. Because movies, you have a constant pace, you might have some lulls, but a common theme, especially in the most recent ones, has been, here's a little bit of details, here's a little um, tidbit, here's a little history, and then the final two episodes. The last episode might be a a starting, uh, like a jog, and then the the finale is a full-on sprint, or it might just be a continued walk and then all-out sprint for the finale. I think it just needs to be storytelling throughout the whole thing. With that said, I really like the finale. Is just a critique on Disney Plus shows at the moment. Also, you're saying that you're noticing a pattern. One hundred percent. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, you, you enjoy the finale, though. Very much. How about the series uh, overall? I liked it, given the critique I just gave it. Uh, because it's a brand new character, I didn't expect it to be this full on like two hour movie where we're getting all this extra detail. I loved the history that we got not only with Kamala uh, in general, but the overall history of like the Pakistani uh, culture and just, just her as a brand new character and person, the history. I, that was my favorite part of the whole series. Yeah, I, I uh, agree with you there, uh, but we're going to go with Luke next and see what his thoughts are. So let's hear your thoughts on the, on the finale, and then your overall series thoughts. In regards to the finale, I didn't like it. In regards to the show as a whole, I didn't like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's uh, okay. So, all right, let's hear your reasons as to why. I'm sure we'll get into the details more, but there are only a few moments and a few characters from the entire show where I can look back and say, I actually enjoyed that. I found myself the same way like when I was watching not just Kenobi and The Mandalorian and great shows like that, but in most shows where I'll tap the screen to see how much time's left, but I wasn't doing it because I was like, oh my God, there's only five minutes left. I was looking at it and going, there's still 15 minutes left. Interesting. Uh, so what is it? it let, I, I, I'm fascinated with this opinion, and I'd love to hear your reasons why. So we can just, you know, I'll skip my general thoughts. You'll hear it in the detailed part. But uh, let, let's give me your reasons as to why you feel the way you feel about the series. I thought it was boring. I liked Kamala. I like her as a character, and I think she'll fit into the MCU well but this didn't feel like the MCU. Mm-hmm. I feel like every show and every movie, at least to some extent, 
felt like it was all part of the same universe. This felt completely separate and not in a good way like What If. This sort of felt like a kid's version of a universe that's already not catered towards kids, but it's superheroes, right? Right. Marvel's already for kids. And this was like an even more childish version of that. So I was already, I wasn't very interested from the beginning and I was hoping it would pick up and it didn't. And then the story was sort of like the clandestines. Okay, they're bad, but why are they bad? And why were they exiled? And, you know, maybe they'll get into it, but it didn't really leave me wanting more information. It sort of just left me confused. And maybe if they would have, you know, tied a few more knots and put a little bow on top, I would be a little bit more interested. But I don't think I would rewatch it other than to rewatch it to see if, like, I missed something or it grew on me or something like that. But the story wasn't very interesting to me. The characters were very cookie-cutter. The dialogue was really, really, really cheesy. Like, especially, like, the last the last episode in the school where, like, freeze, stop it, <laughs> hands up. And it wasn't in, like, a cool stormtrooper way either. <laughs> like, I felt like they were trying to be serious, but I just couldn't take it serious. And, you know, they had a couple funny moments, but I just, I didn't take the show seriously. I just couldn't. And because of that, it sort of made the whole thing feel like I was watching Disney Channel, but not like one of the cool ones like Hannah Montana <laughs> or That's a Raven. <laughs> um, I, I think that your your points are very fair. I think that it's a interesting perspective. And I'm going to share some of my thoughts and while I'm doing that, I would love it if you could think about some of the things that you did like, because it sounds like that might be more of a challenge than the things that you didn't. So, I mean, I can appreciate your points on the clandestines and damage control. I think that that was definitely one of the weaker aspects of the show it was the villain. Most of the show, and I even think through these episodes, we've even mentioned it and then our conversations at the, just around the house we have talked about um, who's the villain, right? I know going into the fifth episode, I'm sorry, the sixth episode, last episode we did, uh, Caleb and I, we talked about it. Like what, who, what's left to resolve to get to the sixth episode? After that fifth episode and we saw, you know, Nani get um, saved by Kamala. That was cool time loop kind of thing. But I really wasn't sure what was left besides seeing her in her super suit and seeing her on sitting on the lights on the on the light pole, which I was waiting to see because that was in the trailers. We saw that was so. It's I wasn't sure what we were ready to resolve going into the finale. That being said, uh, I do think that it was you used a word a couple episodes ago that convenient things were happening, sort of because they needed to happen. I felt like that did the same thing happened in the finale with the absence of the clandestines. Now they're gone who's the threat oh it's damage control again but even then damage control wasn't really a setup threat it was just because that drone showed up at the end of episode five and then what ended up sort of being like a rogue agent right because she went against her orders to do what she was doing and then at the end the resolution was just sort of hey you have to stop doing what you're doing and then she says okay we're gonna stop so essentially that's what happened so 
all the way through the the show, there was a bit of a villain, a villain issue. I think, and and I definitely agree. The tone of it and the um, the um, the what is the what am I trying to say? The uh, the um, age, the the person, the people that they're catering to, the demographic. That's I knew it would come out at some point. The demographic definitely is young, and I can totally appreciate it if it sort of a, was a swing and a miss in that regard. Uh, Caleb, you have something to say? Yeah. Um, now that the series is over, I was thinking about that. And the MCU, has, had, to me, had become so mature. The entire galaxy was just gone at the snap of Thanos' fingers. Yeah. It's a very, very, very mature thing to have to process. Yeah. And I really liked this, sh- this show because it brought it back to the children. It brought it back to a 13-year-old high school type of demographic instead of just having this super uber-giant villain that the entire galaxy needs to try and beat. So I didn't try and think of it as a way that, like, oh, this show needed to be something that it wasn't. It was exactly what it needed to be, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, that's a very good point because they, they do need to have things for everyone that appeals to everyone, right? The other hill that I am um, standing on is not with Phase 4 now being very deep into it. The comparison to No Way Home isn't fair. Mm. You can't compare everything to that fantastic movie. It's fantastic for MCU fans. It's fantastic in general. And it touches on every generation of Spider-Man. Yeah. It just touches, it checks all the boxes. So I think it's going to be easier for fans to not necessarily enjoy, but appreciate uh, a show like Ms. Marvel, knowing that it's not necessarily for that specific person, mm-hmm. but more for someone that they could swing their arm around and say, hey, little bro, or hey, little sis, whatever it is. And I, when I came to that realization, it made me appreciate the show uh, a lot more. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, too. And we don't really have us as a family we don't really have anybody in this age bracket, right, where we would sit down and actually enjoy the show with, but there are a ton of families out there that do. So yeah. that, that's a really good point. Um, one of the things... Oh, yeah, Luke. Well, I was just going to say, in regards to Spider-Man, I think a good comparison is Homecoming. That's a coming-of-age story. It's not. It's an origin story a little bit. Sure. It's as close to an origin story as we're going to get for Peter Parker. Well, this Peter Parker... But I think that was for a younger demographic than a lot of the other Spider or a lot of the other MCU movies. Yeah, and I think it was a hit. Right, I think everybody loved it, and it's hard to compare shows and movies and whatnot. But I think that did a way better job. I think it was way more enjoyable. I think it made the character more interesting. And obviously, it's Spider Man, household name, so of course. But I think it. I think it was a little too different and no, it wasn't too different. I think it was trying to be different, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. I think it was very cookie cutter and I don't feel like it really had an identity. I think it was sort of just like if you you pretty much knew what was going to happen the next scene as you were watching it almost the entire time. And there were no twists or no turns, and it was a little cookie cutter, and it didn't have as much personality, I feel, as the other movies, as far as the story goes. The characters had a lot of personality, which is great. 
but the story didn't feel very original. Interesting. Uh, I think the Spider-Man comparisons are interesting because, first of all, I immediately thought of Spider-Man when I watched the first episode of this series because of the youthful feel and Kamala being the normal, just average kid out there uh, and getting this weird superpower thrust upon her and what she does with it. Um, As much as that was played up in the next two or three episodes, I feel like halfway through the the show it sort of got away from that it did it then started to focus more on the history of her and her family which i particularly enjoyed and of course you mentioned it too uh partition and i enjoyed those those things i really enjoyed the cultural aspect of it seeing how this family and this character exists where they exist and the new uh challenges that are being brought on not only because of superpowers but just a growing up young person and how the mom had to deal with it and then how her mom had to deal with her relationship with her mom. So my my favorite part of this series was that aspect, the Kamala and her community aspect. And I gravitate towards that stuff anyway, but I think for this show and to your points, um even more so because there was a lack of villain, there weren't a ton of stakes, right? There weren't a, a you brought up homecoming. You, Caleb, you brought up no way home. First, to your point, I agree with you to compare the rest of phase four to no way home. That's not fair, right? Because that's a generational movie, whether you love it or you hate it. Uh, it is, that's an event in my opinion on par with infinity war and an end game, right? That's, a culmination of two decades worth of Spider-Man stories. So yeah, how else are you going to live up to that? That's certainly not a six episode show on Disney plus. It's not going to have the, the bang that a no way home does. And Luke, to your point about homecoming, I think the biggest difference between homecoming and, and Miss Marvel is, and I mentioned it, it's the stakes or the lack of stakes. Peter Parker's entire world was going to come down because we had one of, what I thought was one of the most interesting villains in the MCU with, um, with Vulture. Right. And then Michael Keaton playing him and that scary scene when he goes to, to pick up his date for the prom or the dance, whatever it is, uh, was still one of my favorite scenes in the MCU. So tense and so scary. There wasn't anything like that in Ms. Marvel. Now that there had to be, they made some choices narratively, I think with this show, because they did want to think, I think they wanted to focus on Kamala and her community rather than make it uh, good versus bad. That said, the villains that were in the uh, in the show, we've talked about it. I just don't think they were really well fleshed out. So um, it's an interesting discussion, yeah. What's the name of the first Spider-Man movie? Homecoming. And they went to prom? <laughs> oh, thank you for pointing that out. Okay, yeah. So what did they go to? Um the winter ball? What is it? The snowball from Stranger Things. That's what they went to. <laughs> they went to homecoming, prom, or whatever that was. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so let's move on. And, and I mentioned it. I, I did want to... So I, I gave you an assignment, Luke. I wanted to hear something that you did like about it. So I'll give you a little bit more time to chew on it. Just so that... Oh, you're ready to go? All right, go for it. Give me some things that you did like about... Is it the series or the episode? I'll go with the series first. Go ahead. I'm a history buff, so I like 
the historical aspect. I liked that they talked about partition because it's something that I know very little about. I liked the flashbacks. I really liked in the episode, um, the second to last episode, where they show um, the flashback to... Aisha and, and Hassan. To Aisha, yeah. I really liked that. That was really interesting. And that was when I feel like the acting was at its best. I think everything else was sort of... Some parts weren't bad. I think some parts where the acting was a little cheesy. But I think that was probably my favorite part of the whole show. Interesting. Um, I really liked the way they used music to sort of set the tone and show you where the show was at and where the characters were at in a headspace. Um, I like the colors of the show a lot. I like Kamala as yeah. a character. I really like the idea of a superhero having to ask their parents for permission to go fight crime. <laughs> um, is that enough? <laughs> no, I think that that's good, and, and I appreciate the genuine uh, soul-searching that it took for you. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things that I liked about it, a lot of things uh, to like, so I'm glad that, that there were interesting and, and enjoyable things. Caleb, how about you? For Oh, yes, go ahead. The things I liked about this episode specifically is Nakia and Kamala are besties again. So that's okay, really- I'm really glad that you brought that because I was in my notes. I specifically wanted to ask you about Kamala and Nakia and their sort of resolution. I thought it was really funny that Nakia calls Amir and says, "Have you seen um, Bruno?" Because it shows you like. He's a part of their family, too. Yeah. <laughs> it shows you I'm not just going to talk to Kamala because they're friends. I'm going to call, if Amir doesn't pick up, I'm going to call uh, their mom. I'm going to call the dad. Somebody's got to have heard from him because he's a part of the family. Um, but I just like that overall they were sort of like, the, the past is the past. Let's just deal with the problem at hand right now, and then we're going to keep going from there. Um, but... <laughs> um, the team up that nobody expected, and I say nobody as in me, was um, was Bruno and Kamran just <laughs> running around together, helping each other out. I thought that was cool. And then he, I forgot if it was the last episode, this episode, but he goes like, "I really thought your name was Brian." Like, yeah, I just thought yeah. that was funny. And then to see them sort of just chatting up, and then now obviously Kamran is no longer in the states. He's made it. He made it out for his own safety. He's with the Red Daggers. But now Bruno's like, yeah, I'm taking the beautiful Porsche that he <laughs> forgot here, and I'm taking it, to, taking it to California. That's mine. I thought that was just a, a funny, like, teen argument between Nakia, Kamala, and, uh, and Bruno. Yeah, that was fun, and, and we're definitely going to get to that scene because there's something else to talk about in that scene. Um, but I, I, I like, yeah, good points, very good points. One of the things that stood out to me that I wanted to share was going back to the community and Kamala's community, especially her family. We all knew or we all were hoping that we were going to get her in her sort of fully realized super suit, right? Because we had talked about it last week. She's been picking up pieces the last couple episodes and she got the red scarf. She got the sort of the inspiration her mom did with the, the broken necklace. But the scene with her and her mom in her room and her mom literally giving her her super suit. I loved that aspect of it. And then not in the same, in the next scene, but it goes through the whole episode. But at the end, 
her scene talking to her dad on the roof and talking about her name. I loved how they handled all of that. And I thought it was really special that her her parents gave her really her super identity, right? She the mom gave her the suit, the dad gave her the name, and it's very and I know it's it's you know, I look at this through my eyes being a dad. You always want your kids to be set up and ready to take on the challenges that are in front of them and to see where they've come from as characters from the beginning to now where they've just fully embraced they know this isn't going anywhere. So they're supporting her. And not only that, only only granting her permission to go fight crime when she asks, but they're actually giving her the tools that she needs to be successful with what she's doing. I really thought that that was a poignant and beautiful uh, aspect of them finishing this off and setting her up to go moving forward. The mom doing what she did, the dad doing what, what he did. Uh, I thought it was really, really pretty. I said it a million times, I felt like, last week. I'm going to say it again this week, and I promise you I'll get a thesaurus after this episode, but I just thought that that growth was beautiful. Yeah. And I said, like I said, I said that, that word a million times last week, but to see where Kamala and her mom, their relationship, first episode is very, very, like, two bulls just clashing heads the whole time. And then now you get to see her now super suit is going to be repping her mom the whole time Mm -hmm. and it's i thought it was really interesting because when she wanted to go to avenger con she wasn't going to be allowed to wear what she wanted to wear she needed to have worn what they had decided for her and it was the whole (laughs) and i forget um what they're called but the the robes that they wear in their culture and now their her super suit definitely gives me that sort of that vibe because of the scarf, because of the flow, because of the overall look, and just to have that with her mom, I thought was amazing. It's how much more obvious can you get than that sort of like token of like, here where you have our support, yeah, but be safe, yeah. And then again, what you said, I I couldn't have said it better with the the final scene. She he's he's stepping onto the home ceiling right out of her room, yeah. and he goes, oh, this is scary, and then realizes. <laughs> Oh, my daughter's taking on way more scary things. Maybe I should tone it down a little bit. Yeah. And they have that really heartfelt conversation. You get to see her reaction. Just just hugging her dad and just being like, this this moment of realization, like, I, 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 I know who I am now. And who, who how many high schoolers can say that? And how many high schoolers have superpowers, you know? So. Right. And to that point, even more so, how many uh, pop culture characters or superheroes or heroes in general how many have a family structure around them like Kamala does? So many of these superheroes and so many comic book characters and pop culture characters, so many of them come from tragic beginnings. Tra- they've lost their parents or they've lost a parent or they've lost their family. And this is one of the, another aspect I think that makes Miss Marvel so unique is that she's got not only her mom and her dad, but her brother was right there in the high school fighting the the fight with Absolutely. them. And her friends are right there. So she's got this wonderful community around her, this support network. Support yeah, network, exactly. Support network, exactly, that I think is just is really unique for the stories that we're used to seeing. I think that was one of my favorite things about this episode. And it was seeing the community around her. Not only having it in like, was it her name Zoe? 
Zoe. Zoe just goes live, and now the entire culture is there to help her, and it's her family helping her and supporting her. But when she's going to make this grand announcement, I have superpowers. They already know because they've already talked. But getting back to my favorite thing about that community that she has is there wasn't, like, one goofy, like, can't take you seriously family member they all contributed their own things to kamala specifically and to the overall show and luke said it in the past where kamala's dad's like the his favorite character he's one of my favorite characters definitely but you also got to see that his goofy side was also met with a serious sincere side and it wasn't just this this like joke of a a paternal figure like you get to see in a lot of other shows so i like that she had two strong parents she had grandparents she has a brother and a sister-in-law now that just supported the whole way and i thought that was really really good i luca i know you have something to say but you you mentioned grandparents it made me think of nani where is nani why wasn't nani in this episode i needed some more of her charm and her wit so obviously she told her, you know, Muniba, yeah, I'm not going to America. I'm staying, <laughs> staying in Karachi. So, but I missed her. I love, I loved that character. She was great. She never passported. Oh, she's so she's waiting for processing to 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 take place. So maybe in season two she'll be in in New Jersey. Yeah, she will be. I I confirmed. Oh, nice. That's good to know. Did you have something else that you wanted to say? I was just gonna say the the character growth and Kamala's mom was really cool. And when she gave her the suit. It's sort of like she was giving her the keys to the car. Oh, yeah, that's true. And it was her way of giving her permission to go be Miss Marvel or Nightlight. <laughs> and I think that was a really cool part, too, because she was so against her just being, what, what, where did she use? Cosmic? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. She was so against her being cosmic at first, and now she's giving her a suit and... I think what better way to show character development than something tangible like that? Yeah, it, it was really handled well, like I said, with both of those mom and dad scenes. So there's something, another scene, though, that I wanted to bring up, and that's after we get to see the sort of the payoff of her sitting on top of the streetlight, which comes straight from the comics. I don't even, I've never read Miss Marvel comics. I'm not a big comics reader, like I've said in the past, but I do know enough to know that that's an iconic Miss Marvel image is her sitting on top of that streetlight. And if you think about it, it's so cool. Like, how could a normal person even get on top of a streetlight to sit? Yeah. But she's not a normal person, right? Like, no normal, right? So she has her lights that she can just jump up and sit. But I think it's such a cool image. So I was really happy to see that we got that in live action. Uh, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was immediately thinking during the the conclusion of the episode, I was like, man, Ms. Marvel's got to love stairs. Because she's she doesn't fly. She I I wonder if she'll adapt her her hard light skills. But to go up, she's got to go upstairs. To go down, it's the same thing. Sort of a, an essential thing are stairs. So that was my thought. That's a really really good point, right? She doesn't necessarily have super strength to give her strong legs to climb her stairs either. She's gonna have to be in really good shape. So you know, I can certainly relate to that. You know, you got to get the stair, the stairmaster, Kamala, you got to get on the stair. Maybe they can get one when Nani moves in, they can get like a sort of a workout room to keep everybody nice and, and limber. So she gets off of the street lamp and she goes over cause she hears her friends coming. And this is where Bruno drops the M word where he says, Hey, I messed up on that first test. And he tells her that he went back over her genetics 
because uh, her brother wanted to say, hey, do I, do I have cool powers too? <laughs> it's such a brother thing, right? <laughs> uh, but he says, no, he sees that she's different from her family's genetics, that she has a mutation. Yeah. So in the comics, from what I understand, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, is an inhuman. But they use this word that is very, very much attached to another kind of character in Marvel, which is mutation, obviously mutant. I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on what that could mean. Okay, so this is just me being a hater. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be a hater. I, I won't hide it. I will be very disappointed if this is how they bring the mutants into the MCU. Really? The mutants... So, the, the X-Men movies came out before Marvel. Before the MCU. Yeah. Right? Yep. People loved those movies. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the X-Men movies, the MCU never would have worked. Maybe. Because I don't think people would have cared, really. But they were able to bring in the whole crowd of people who enjoyed the X-Men and then bring in even more people because it was Disney. Right? And... I feel like there are way cooler ways to bring in such incredible characters like Professor X and Wolverine. I mean, these are iconic characters. And maybe this isn't how they bring it in, but I'm, I will be disappointed if this is how they bring them in. I won't care. They brought them in. I'm just happy that they're here if that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But I'll be a little bit disappointed if it'll feel like a little bit of a letdown. Interesting. That's something I hadn't considered, uh, so it's an interesting point. Caleb, what are your thoughts on it? My thoughts are just questions, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot as the non-resident nerd, as being me. Oh, you're a nerd. I don't know why you keep calling yourself that, but you're. go ahead. Compared to you guys, not even close, but I try. Um, what's the difference between a mutant and an inhuman? Yes, it's... Um, I was doing some reading on this, and... I don't know that there's a simple explanation besides, and I apologize in advance for anyone that listens to this and says, Colby, you're really, really wrong. Uh, But they're just two different types of genetically different races. So the the mutants have an X gene. It's a mutation in in their genetics that gets sort of kicked off. It can... I don't know how it's activated. I'm going to just say that right off the bat. But it's it's there. It's called the X gene. Inhumans are genetically altered by Kree. The Kree, if you remember them from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. they were like, or also I think they were also in Captain Marvel, right? Kree, uh, blue, blue people. Uh, at some point they came to Earth and they experimented on humans. And because of, I don't know if it's Kree DNA or just the experiments that they did, they genetically altered certain humans which have now been um passed down but their mutation is unlocked by terrigen crystals or the terrigen mist which i brought up last week when uh najma and um the other character whose name i'm forgetting i'm sorry tried to go through the void they turned into sort of like this purple crystallized Mm -hmm. cocoon like daisy did on uh spoilers for agents of shield just in case you haven't seen it um just wasting time so you can jump ahead 10 seconds. (laughs) But yeah, we talked about it last week anyway. But so if they're exposed to the Terrigen Mist, then then their inhuman abilities are unlocked. 
But really, they sort of act like mutants too because they just have special powers. They don't have to have all the same special power. They have different, unique special powers. So it's two different classes of characters. Okay, so that solidifies my stance. I think she can be either. I don't know that she's going to be for sure a mutant because that's not how it goes in the comic books from what I understand. Right, she's an inhuman in the comic books. So I don't understand why they would make that slight change if they're not even going to acknowledge inhumans at all if in Phase 4 or ever in the cinematic universe. So that's one thought. Uh, my second thought is if she is inhuman, even better. Get that going with everybody else because it's it's not really relevant in in current movies. It's been mentioned in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., sure. but that's sort of the extent of it, right. you know? So I wouldn't be bothered either way, but if it's going to be the mutant route, I'm going to be really excited for whatever's to come next if they're going to go down the X-Men and actual mutants, all that stuff. Okay, so let me address both of both of your guys' points. And I purposely didn't bring this up because I wanted to see if either one of you caught it and if you did, I wanted to see what you had to say about it. But when Bruno, and I, I didn't catch it when I first watched it. I caught it after the fact when I was reading Twitter. Because Twitter, as you would expect, went crazy <laughs> with this one word. With the Inhumans versus the Mutants and so on and so forth. But one thing I did learn from that was when Bruno tells her that she has a mutation, mm-hmm. the X-Men... 97 animated show theme plays so they literally tied i've never watched that show i I actually went and found the theme and went back and listened Mm -hmm. so that i could see what everybody's talking about but they literally and with a purpose tied the x-men to that word mutation So that leads sort of to your point about, well, she's an inhuman in the comics. What's the deal with the change? And I have no answer for that, except that there are some people that are of the idea. And I remember when this was happening, when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on and um, and Marvel actually produced uh, an Inhumans TV show that was not received well. That's why you haven't seen it anymore. They were doing this during a time where the X-Men and the mutants were not an option for the MCU to use in their movies and TV shows. Those were Fox properties before the sale to Disney. Uh, And there are some people of the opinion, and I don't know if it's true, some people are of the opinion that at that time, Marvel as a comics publication were moving away from the mutants and the X-Men, trying to highlight the Inhumans because they wanted to create that popularity because they wanted to start using Inhumans in their MCU properties because the mutants weren't available. But everything changed when Disney bought Fox. So this is a little bit of real-world, behind-the-scenes stuff that is now informing their decisions for the MCU. So it's very possible, and I don't know anything, but it's possible that maybe they're moving away from the Inhumans on screen because they are going to start getting into the mutants because they can, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why they're going to change or they have changed. Um... Kamala into a mutant rather than an inhuman. That being said, it's just a mutation. It still could she still could be an inhuman. And that's sort of to your point, Luke. I didn't look at this as a introduction of the mutants into the MCU. I looked at it as an introduction to the idea. Like there's an idea now out there that Bruno has come across that someone has a mutation in her that has given her these powers. 
Uh, and, and it's interesting because the bangle, we don't know, is the bangle that what gave her actually brought out those powers? What is it that made her that that kind of power? So uh, it's, it's definitely something that is, I think, uh, turning things into a certain direction. We just don't know where that direction is yet. I think if it's like the the little pebble in the lake of of mutants, I think Marvel's going to do exactly what they did with like the multiverse of madness where you could have watched uh WandaVision and mm-hmm. had a little bit more of a deeper history going into the movie. Mm-hmm. But if they're going to bring in the mutants, they're going to make a big ordeal about it in a in a movie where it's on a grand platform instead of just like not to discount it, but just a streaming service. It's a good it's a good uh, a good point because yeah i do think more people watch the movies on as a as a whole than the disney plus shows so i i think that they introduced the idea but i don't think that that kamala khan will go down as being the mcu's first mutant um i mean technically professor x was already there right so sort of but it'll be interesting to see i i just sort of geeked out the fact that they use that word because i'm really anticipating and really waiting to see how the whole mutant thing uh unfolds with that being said, Phase 4 is so gigantic and has been spent so much time, a year and a half now has been spent introducing so many different things that I don't know that the mutants are coming anytime soon beyond what we've seen, like a sort of a wink and a nod with Multiverse of Madness and now this word. So I'm not sure that we're, that the MCU is ready to drop mutants uh, in a grand scale yet on us. I wanted to bring it up because it was a funny Easter egg that I thought was relevant. It might be completely off base, but in the, not the current um, Hulk movie by any means, but in previous ones, I remember one of the the weapons they would use against him were these like sonar waves. Do you guys remember that? They were on yeah. big tanks. Do you think it's not going to be tied in? But you think it's like the same technology that they use this time to try and get through the hard light? That was interesting. I thought that using sound to get through light was a cool twist. And yeah, I didn't think of the Hulk, but they definitely use that against the Hulk. Um, so, you know, it's out there. The Hulk movie is technically in the MCU, so it does it is canon. So that's the, the tech is out there. Um, but as we finish up, just real quick, since this is the finale of another Disney Plus series... Uh, I wanted us to re-rank, and I went back and looked at our lists. Uh, so I'd love to hear Luke. I think I know where you're going to put it, but where would you rank Miss Marvel in your rewatchability list? Uh, just to refresh everyone's memory, your list before now was Loki first, What If second, followed by Falcon and Winter Soldier, then Moon Knight, then WandaVision, and then Hawkeye. So Miss Marvel? I, not very surprisingly, would put it last. Number and... one? <laughs> and Hawkeye was at the bottom of my list. Yeah. I enjoyed Hawkeye. I haven't rewatched it, but I enjoyed it. I did not enjoy Miss Marvel. Right, but the, which is sort of funny because you said before that you would rewatch it though. Yeah, but just to give it another chance, not because I want to rewatch it. It, it, it feels like an obligation. <laughs> but also because you're a reasonable person. Caleb, your your list went Loki first, what if second, you and Luke flip-flopped Moon Knight and Falcon Winter Soldier, so Moon Knight was your third, followed by Falcon Winter Soldier, then Wanda, and then the last one was Hawkeye. So Miss Marvel, where are you putting her? Hawkeye is my guy. I love Hawkeye, but I'm going to leave him last. Okay. I'm putting Ms. Marvel as the second to last, 
and it's not because one isn't worse or better than the other and i don't think it i i definitely think there's a recency bias because we just got done watching ms marvel sure but i just love the introduction of a new character and then the story that came around it and i think i did due diligence on my part understanding that like i'm not kamala i'm definitely not any of those characters but it was definitely something i enjoyed watching and i'm curious to see how it'll tie into the rest of phase four and the grand scheme of things the larger mcu i agree with your point about the new character because everything has been existing properties except for moon knight uh, moon knight will always be special to me because we it was our first show that we did episode breakdown so that that was that will always be up there for me my list went wandavision first followed by loki followed by moon knight followed by falcon winter soldier then what if and then hawkeye and i am going to put miss marvel uh, between Falcon, Winter Soldier, and What If. So she, she's uh, one, two, three, four, fifth. Fifth on the list uh, because I did enjoy the new the new character aspect of it. I Like I've said over and over every week, I love the community and family aspect as well as the historical aspect of the show. That being said, it's not a knock putting it fifth on the list. Uh, it just speaks to how much I like WandaVision, Loki, and, and the other ones that are in front of it. Um, I may have to revise it, though. I'm, I'm not sure... Uh, if Moon Knight is going to end up staying third for the, forever. But at any any rate, that's where I'm going to put Miss Marvel. I do think I need to revise my list. I think I'm going to put What If number one because of its huge part in um, in Multiverse of Madness. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, well, we, we allow for um, for adjustments. That, that's that's a, a maybe, not a definite. I think I would have to rewatch all of them, and that's a time commitment and a half. Um, uh-huh. But as of right now, I would say What If is number one. Well, I don't know how many episodes She-Hulk is going to have. I do know she's coming up in August, in about a month's time. So you'll have your chance to reorder things when we are done with um, our weeks and weeks and weeks of discussing She-Hulk, which is going to be interesting because that's going to be overlapping with Andor. Potentially, I don't know when Bad Batch is coming out. I think it's I think it's fall. I think they said fall of 2023. I mean, 2022. Wow, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, so anyway, there's going to be a lot coming up. A lot of content. Yes. So, but for now, Miss Marvel is is done. And next time we say, oh, we didn't even talk about the uh, the post credit scene with uh, with Captain Marvel. Uh, just real quick, any surprises? Any thoughts? There was not much to go on, but what do you think? Kamala. I don't know if Kamala's mom's going to be more mad about her not being home, or the door being broken, <laughs> or the stranger being in her home. Yeah. I agree. the The thing I was most worried about was the door in the, in that scene. Luke, Captain Marvel uh, appearance. Were you surprised to see her? Not at all. Me neither. But I'm glad she was there. Yeah, the thing that I caught on to was it. It almost looked like a, a sort of like a teleportation hole or something opened up. There was like sort of a swirling going on with the bangle. So something else is going on with that bangle that we don't understand. Uh, so did Miss Marvel get? blinked into somewhere else and captain marvel got exchanged with her did i don't know there's a lots to lots to uh, find out but we will find out i believe it's uh spring of next year because that's the next time we're going to see captain marvel and miss marvel so well here uh we're done with miss marvel and i've really enjoyed as always talking to you guys about it um so that's one more series in the books and next up as i mentioned we're going to see she hulk uh dropping on august 17th And until then, we've got Thor to talk about, and we're going to have some other fun things coming up, too. 
We hope everybody is enjoying their summer, and uh, we thank you all for listening to the ColbyCast. Take care. You can find the ColbyCast on Twitter and Instagram at the ColbyCast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.